What's up, y'all? You are listening to For the Artists, a podcast brought to you by Creative M Projects, which is a tax-exempt 501c3 organization. Yes, I do shout that out with some pride because that is not an easy thing to get, but let me not digress, okay? Um, <laughs> we are an organization that's helping young artists develop from the inside out, and I am your host, Melissa Sharif, for today's show. We have a feature that is just beautiful and amazing. Uh, I've met her, shoot, a couple months ago now, probably a few months ago, and she's just a joy. I, I love getting to know her. I was very excited to be able to invite her to come on the podcast, but let me tell you her name. First of all, you're probably like, okay, who is it already? Her name is Ruth Angela Patton, y'all, and uh, she is bringing the heat. She's in the LA area, okay, but don't get it twisted because she was born in Berkeley, California. Mm-hmm. I'm raised in yep. Oakland. Now, if you know the Bay, the Yay area, you already know the vibe. Okay, both of her <laughs> parents um, were pastors. Cool. Ruth earned her BA from a small Christian university and her MA in classical music from CSU East Bay. She is a professional bassoonist. And let me tell you, she's the only bassoonist that I know personally. So, bam. She studied classical music and bassoon with some of the top musicians in the world. She performed regularly with the Oakland Youth Orchestra, the San Francisco Symphony Youth Orchestra. She toured parts of Europe. Um, hello. She won two concerto competitions. She began her journalism career in high school, won an award then. She worked for a small newspaper for, for what, four years. Oh my gosh, we can go on and on. She has a passion for women's health, healing, and wholeness. Uh, what else can I tell you about her? We're going to get into this because she put it in her bio, but her mom did pass away from cancer in 1999. And that caused her to take a deep dive into researching health, which is how we connected. But we could talk yeah. about that. Um, she traveled to SoCal to start fresh after that, where she then attended Fuller Seminary. And she met her husband, Matthew. She has some beautiful boys. She can shout them out. She creates art out of a place of worship to God. And she has had numerous mystical experiences with God. Um Man, Ruth, welcome. I could go on and on, okay? But I'm, I can't tell your whole story in the intro, so. <laughs> right. <it's hard. laughs> I'm so Thank glad you, so you said yes. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for inviting me. I'm excited. <laughs> um, it's just an honor. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's an honor to know you and meet you. And I am loving your background Thank you. It's, it's one beautiful. of my paintings, the Bliss River. <laughs> the Bliss River. Okay, yeah. that kind of looks like, well, I can't show it to you, but we have a piece. It's not as blissful, but okay. it's kind of reminiscent of that, and it was created live at our first give-a-thon. Oh. And uh, I've actually nice. put it up maybe once or twice, but anyway, yours is more blissful like I said I love it okay oh, thank you <laughs> <laughs> so you you paint you do sketches you play the bassoon oh my gosh first what came first the chicken or the egg I mean did you start playing the bassoon first or did you start well, painting first or what painting <laughs> you um, did yeah my mother is just she was very creative um she could have worked for Dolce I always say that, you know, um, and my Halloween costumes were amazing <laughs> because mm -hmm. of my mom. 
Um, and that's where my creativity came from. And so, yeah, I started out probably writing and sketching first mm -hmm. as a child. And then the thing about the bassoon is you have to be big enough to play it. <laughs> mm. It's um, for people who don't know, it's you play it like a saxophone. So a lot of bassoon players play sax, not me, but um, you play it off to the side. And I won't demonstrate today because I'm really <laughs> rusty. <laughs> it's really loud. <laughs> it looks like a wooden bedpost. That's a great way to describe it. Okay. Bass as in bass, mm -hmm. un, bass un. Uh, it's a bass instrument. So it's very low, woody, you know, resonant sounding instrument. And it stuck to me. Um, I started around age 10 and I went through other instruments and I was blessed to go to a private school in Oakland. It wasn't the best private school, but mm -hmm. it was better than public school at the time. Okay. <laughs> and um, the guy that was doing music there, he had learned all of the instruments. So he had a music ed degree from Cal State and um, the San Francisco Conservatory. And so he would match your personality with an instrument, which is a really gifted thing to do. Yeah. And it took him a while. And finally, after many failures, I landed on the bassoon and I loved it because it was unique and no one else was really playing it. And I was very competitive. <laughs> there was one girl, and, but she wasn't um, competitive. So I quickly passed her by. I got really good. And I can say that with confidence because I practiced. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think it was talent as much as just practicing. Um, two hours, sometimes seven hours a day, mm -hmm. to, like practicing, maybe taking one day off and you get good at anything <laughs> when you practice <laughs> that much. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. yeah. You put the time mm -hmm. in put your time in <laughs> so wait though hold on though okay because there are people i'm gonna have to disagree with you for a quick second because you know what there are people that mm. will practice something yeah. repeatedly and they still don't get good at it they're not really good at it to begin with but they try right. they try they try they try so right. you obviously had some sort of gift or a knack or a talent for it i think so i think so <laughs> um and i have to get give credit to my teachers um and i had good teachers who would sit with me get to know me and especially my teacher who um he's in the san francisco opera orchestra and he also played in the san francisco ballet orchestra which some people think are the same orchestra but it's two different orchestras mm. he was the first african-american um, or one of the only African-Americans to play in either of those orchestras and everyone loved him. He was like a, a second father to me. Mm. And so he would take his time, get to know me and then do the work, you know? <laughs> so my lessons were so fun. And his name was Rufus Olivier. So I'll have to send him a copy of this. And um, he he would his he would tell me don't tell me my lessons are don't tell people my lessons are fun you know <laughs> but they were and he taught me how to play with soul mm -hmm. and so it got to the point where when i was at cal state people would say oh i can tell you studied with rufus cuz you sound just like him you have the soul 
people would start to try to sound like me to play with soul. Hmm. So yeah, practice, you can practice and be technically good. And Hmm. then there's practicing to play with soul and really affect the listener. So, yeah. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Affect the listener. I like that you went there because, you know, I want to hang on that for a second. Playing with soul. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, get into that a little bit more. I mean, it's kind of self. I mean, it's kind of obvious. You know what I mean? Like when we hear singers, when we hear players, there's usually something that stands out that resonates with us that Mm -hmm. we're like, ooh, you know what I mean? Like it strikes a nerve. But in terms of how Rufus was able to, do you feel like it was more of like an imparting or did he like really, what were the nuances of teaching you how to play with soul? Looking back, um, I wasn't as aware, but it was probably an impartation. Definitely. Um, He would say, make the instrument sing, Mm. you know, and um, he would say, don't, um, wrap yourself around the instrument, make it come to you. And then it works for you. Um, I had a lot of issues physically with the instrument. It was, it's a huge, heavy instrument. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you guys can Wikipedia (laughs) bassoon or look up Rufus on YouTube and, uh, yeah. And it's, um, so my thumb keys, this, this thumb had four or five keys. So your thumb does a lot of work Mm -hmm. on the left hand. And then the instrument rests on the left hand and then you have 10 thumb keys on the right hand. So you're busy. Um, but with soul, he w- it was making the instrument sing and you're telling a story every time you sit down to play. You're telling a story. Um, and I think it was just the Lord resting on me. Mm-hmm. Um, was raised in a very interesting home. Interesting is a loaded word. But <laughs> uh, and we didn't have, we, I didn't have a TV growing Mm. up so there was nothing to do but school and um I wasn't really into being athletic so that music thing took you know and that was my outlet that was my stress relief it helped my my brain to organize my thoughts um so I always recommend just as a side note if you have a child who say is autistic or dyslexic get Mm -hmm. them in music get them involved, start with the drums or piano, guitar, it will help. Yeah. Were you the only one that was musical in your family? No, but I was the only one that took it really seriously to the nth degree. (laughs) 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 Um, My dad sang, he still sings. My dad will be, he doesn't like me to say how old he is, but he'll be 96 this year. Wow. Yeah. And so we have longevity in our family. He sings and he collects the Negro spirituals. He has a whole collection Mm and um, our church would have him sing in church. And it was a beautiful thing. Um, My sister played the viola, which is sort of like violin, but a little bigger and more jokes about it. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of viola jokes, but um, she she did very well she had a good ear we both had good ears Mm -hmm. so what i mean by that is we our church was more traditional liturgical kind of so we would uh sing the old hymns you know like the gaithers (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, very you know one two three four and there was so 
the organ player would just randomly pull a song out of the book and you could sit there, the hymnal, you could sit there and thumb through, or you could say, forget it. I'm just going to figure out the key. And, you know, <laughs> so after a while, I would just play along. I'd find the key somehow in my soul <laughs> and I would play along with the organ player and our past, the founder pastor, she used to do revivals. So she would pull songs from way back <laughs> that were mm. not in the hymnal. Mm -hmm. So that was, that was rough for a while, <laughs> but um, yeah, playing by ear. My mom, she tried a few instruments, but she wasn't really musical, but she really appreciated music and supported me. She had a harp growing up so the harp was always in the corner of our house um yeah oh my gosh um, that's beautiful yeah. can you play the harp too no <laughs> this, i don't know what it is the string instruments uh it didn't take <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah that's kind of how i feel about the guitar you know the guitar uh, didn't take my fingers it was too painful it was too yeah. much I mean, I would I love to be able to just pick it up and play it with you know, and just sing along mm -hmm. with myself. But right, yeah, I don't, I don't think that's my gifting. <laughs> yeah, keep looking. <laughs> you find something, you know. I might get a ukulele. There you go. That seems yeah. small and manageable, and like it won't hurt my fingers. Right. Yeah, the strings are smaller. Yeah, mm. we, we'll try. We'll try that. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> So let's see. There was something that you said, and I was like, "Do you or do you not wish to elaborate?" Because you said that your family, okay. well, like, well, not your family, but I guess, yeah, your family life, your was interesting, <laughs> and that was yes. a noted interesting <laughs> word. Well, I'll start with this. Um, my family, I have no regrets about how I was raised. Mm -hmm. um, I really don't. It shaped me. Um, but there were things about family life that were very abusive to my mother and my sister and I. Mm -hmm. And in the Black community, we don't like to talk about that kind of stuff, you know, abuse and depression. And when life doesn't go the way you really want it to go and you're, you're hurting. Um, and my mom was ordained at 16 and um, decided to marry my dad. The marriage was sort of arranged by the pastor. So there was abuse coming down from the pastor into the um, families in the church. Um, and the pastor was white uh, with a multicultural church. Mm -hmm. So there was that. And she didn't have a lot of, it, apparent, I could say allegedly, it looked like she didn't have a lot of accountability. So you know how that goes with pastors that don't have accountability. There's a lot of mess that happens yeah. behind the scenes. So I got to see the dark underbelly of the world of church. Mm. <laughs> um, I still love God and I know God for real because mm -hmm. of all the stuff that I went through. Um, and I see um, my dad almost as a victim of that system. We'll call it a system regiment <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Um, and my mom put all of that behind her and hid behind my dad in a matter of speaking. So she never preached at that church, but they had a, a K through 12, which I went through and she was able to teach there and become vice principal. Um, you know, and that was it. There was the ceiling, this mm. invisible ceiling for a lot of people there. 
And um, yeah, it was uh, rough. <laughs> there was a lot of things that were very painful, hurtful. Music was, I, I think it was like my portal of escape or something Yeah, uh, to keep me sane through all of that pain. Um, yeah. Uh, I could go on and on, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we can hang there for a second because sure. um, I do think that that is one of the most beautiful and amazing things about uh, just creativity in in art in general. You know, mm -hmm. it's like um, I was talking to somebody earlier today, and they were it was like a neighbor, and they were mm -hmm. saying how you know there's so many people that in our complex and it's not a large complex but like that do music in some way like there's a person in the corner they play keys there's another person who plays guitar there's like you know there's like uh, there's another singer and then it's like you know when you think about the world you know um and it's funny because a lot of people there are people that'll be like oh i'm not creative but i really feel like every single person yeah. is creative in some way and there's there's that interconnection of creativity that really yeah. is a release i mean think about i don't think there's too many times when people can go throughout an entire day and not touch some sort of creativity or art and it be like influential or impactful into how their day kind of rolled out yeah i agree i mean i always think about this lady who was an accountant and I always, until that moment, I always thought accountants were like the least creative people on earth. Sorry, <laughs> I don't mean it. <laughs> but I went in her office one day and there was this beautiful tapestry hanging there and it was rainbow. And I thought, wow, there's hope. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't mean it, bad mouth accountants, but, but you know, it's just like this burst of color. And mm -hmm. I thought she does get it, you know? There is that creativity there. Um, yeah, I mean, even coffee is creative, you know? Everyone gets coffee or tea or a latte. There's creativity there. There's creativity in everything. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So how are you, because you have, how many, how many boys, three? I have two boys, a seven-year-old and a four-year-old. <laughs> okay, a seven-year-old. I'm trying to add one on to you. Okay, a seven-year-old <laughs> and a four-year-old. Um, <laughs> uh, how do you foster creativity with them? Is it similar to how it was fostered in you, or are you more intentional about it? Yeah, I'm um, a little more intentional. Um, I don't... Uh, hide them from tv like i was <laughs> so uh because that ended up being a bad thing in the end mm. to grow up in a no tv home i felt like i had to catch up <laughs> mm -hmm. when i was able to move out of the house and buy a tv so um we let them watch videos we're very careful with what they see and we make sure that the time is limited and um as far as toys i don't buy the expensive toys i that's one area where i was very intentional to make sure that they can use their creativity so I, mm. my seven-year-old he's like his dad he likes tech he's very techy <laughs> um so we have him coding and he he builds robots with his legos and mm -hmm. he's amazing he's he's like me a lot too because he'll get a dream mm -hmm. and he'll say mom God gave me a dream and I'm going to build it. 
And so he'll dream about it and then he'll build it. And I'm just so proud Aww. of him. <laughs> and then one time he drew it and then built what was in the drawing. So there's that. And then my four-year-old is more of the painter, you know, mm -hmm. and he'll, he'll tell stories. He'll capture your attention and, <laughs> and say, you know, and then he'll start talking and <laughs> people will lean in and it makes no sense what he's saying, but, but yeah. he'll tell you this long story. <laughs> so, yeah. So they're very creative and, um, I, I think I'm going to have to get them drum lessons or something. And, <laughs> Ah, burn the energy. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, I might, I might know someone I can ask for recommendation. Oh, okay, but um, oh, I was gonna ask you this. So you have made a career for yourself in music, yes? No, no? I've actually made my career more in writing. Mm. Yeah. So those were the two things, or three, I should say, it was writing, art, and music. So it's kind of a a sad story and then I have an uplifting <laughs> okay uh, so during Cal State when I was at Cal State East Bay uh, the master's program I was probably the first African-American to uh, female to graduate with that degree mm -hmm. and so I had a lot of freedom in in one way and then there was a lot of pressure <laughs> so I practiced a lot until my hands were just not moving oh <laughs> so, no um, in fact, before that, we, when we went to Europe, um, there was a cello, cello player who wore hand braces and didn't, she didn't even play the whole tour. She just came along. Uh, so I ended up having to wear braces and things and my, um, on your hands. Yeah. On my hands, there was a lot of pain from all of the thumb keys and all mm. the movement. So I don't say that I've quit what I that I do a lot of writing. Mm -hmm. So I still write songs for my boys. Um, I write a lot of children's songs. So I would love to put them together in an album at some point. And they're funny. And some of them are scripture songs and, um, you know, for memorizing the word. Um, during my graduate recital, um, my hand froze so much. <laughs> It was, it was hurting. I could barely move. Oh, and I had practiced so much until my hands almost broke. So dealing with that injury and then um, getting married, I played a lot at the House of Prayer. Mm -hmm. um, or I played a little bit at the House of Prayer in um, Pasadena in Southern California here. And, um, and then I got married. And so it sort of went on hold. And I, I spent time. I was like, okay, God, I can't give it up. I went through all this school and I felt like now I'm in a season of writing, just making sure I write down everything. I'm more of an arranger as well. Mm -hmm. So I've arranged a lot of songs and, um, my boys get to hear them. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so yeah. that's how you made your switch. Official that's how switch. I made the switch. And I did do some teaching. I went to, um, the, uh, Bible college in Oakland. I taught for four years, um, music fundamentals, ear training, or some people call it ear straining <laughs> <laughs> and music theory. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh. So I taught for four years and then it was time to move South. So I moved to Southern California. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, let's, mm. let's, let's talk about 
the the tran the transition because yeah. I feel like <clears throat> that applies really to anyone. You know, it doesn't yeah. matter what the what the career is, what your focus is. I feel like there are times that that you know happen in our life where we do have to make a choice to go right. in a different direction, do something yeah. new or do something different. And we may not necessarily want to, but yeah. we kind of find ourselves in that place. Yes. Um, and I know you just mentioned how you do. How did you phrase it? You say you talk to God. There's something about God being in the in yes. in the <laughs> you being able to do it. <laughs> so right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Just talk maybe a little bit about maybe how important. God was in terms of being able to make because you're saying it's just rolling off your tongue like it was an easy thing to do. But I imagine that it probably wasn't. I mean, you're very passionate about the bassoon. You had yeah. like you said, you've been practicing it for hours and hours every yes. day, <laughs> learning how to bring the soul. OK, <laughs> and right. now you're at a place where it's like, oh, I'm going to yeah. have to make a shift. I'm going to have to make a change. So, right. Maybe you can speak yeah. a little bit more into that so, because I know somebody that's listening has either had has either been in that place, mm -hmm. is in that place or yet to be in that place. Right. <laughs> yes, it's a, a hard shift. And I just say I'm in a season. So um, I was very burned out when I moved to Southern California. So I need to start there. Yeah. Crispy burnt. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, <laughs> I was crispy on both ends and I, I just needed the break and the change of scenery and the people, you know, and there were people who had no faith that I could move and be successful and they were not ashamed to tell me. Mm. <laughs> and the Lord, I do talk about the Lord because I, I wouldn't have made it without God's grace and mercy and just knowing, you know, deep down in my knower. <laughs> Yeah, that I am supposed to go on this journey. And I, I do talk to God a lot, even with my novel. Um, so I sat down, I had this green chair where I used to live um, up north. And I felt like God said, why don't you count all your jobs? I had so many part time jobs. <laughs> And then he said, count all your volunteer positions. It was like 10 things. Mm -hmm. And I thought, no wonder I'm tired, you know? <laughs> and he's like, you, you could sit in this chair and you're going to die in this chair or follow me, move south. And I knew that it meant something about my husband and a family. I really wanted a family. Mm -hmm. um, and I know some people probably go to church and there's no it's like slim pickings <laughs> there's no one here and you love your church and your whole family goes to that church but you're desperately wanting to get married and do the family thing and you and you're like we feel it as women you know there's mm -hmm. time constraints you know yeah and there I was 36 you know and my dad was um, the kind of dad where he wanted my hair a certain way so he would go to the lady and pay her and mm -hmm. and then I would have to get my hair that way and I want my hair wants to be kinky curly <laughs> <laughs> that's especially your natural in, hair <laughs> right especially in LA in the summer my hair does not want to be straight it's like say what 
so yeah so I I needed to get away from my dad's influence and that's Mm. not a bad thing Uh, but a lot of people were treating me a certain way because my dad is a great man in the community he has a congressional um, award Mm -hmm. um, for being in the marines he was one of the first african-american marines in the 40s and he got this prestigious award so i was always kind of in that shadow but here people treat me because i'm all they see you know (laughs) they don't know my dad they don't know this or that you know yeah and i love it you know so i'm it's a carrot it was a character thing it was family wanting Mm -hmm. a family and wanting i i finally said you know i have other gifts i have other gifts i heard myself saying that Mm-hmm. I'm, you know I'm not a bassoon mm. <laughs> I have other gifts <laughs> it's like in the bible the person with the 10 talents what if you only you know spun one talent never yeah. developed the other nine mm-hmm. it doesn't mean you won't go back to that talent and you know that you need to develop so I had to develop the writing and I had started my novel I actually have it here if I can hold it up. Yes. So I started writing it in 2010, 2011. Um, and I didn't finish until I was pregnant with my first son. Okay, wait, real quick. So yes. because some people are just listening. So she just okay. held up her novel, you guys, and it's called Waging War. Yes. Okay, so carry on. You had just had your son. Right. So I was editing while I was pregnant. And I was like, if I don't finish this novel, I'm going to be a mom. It'll never get finished. So I was pushing the novel and pushing the baby <laughs> in a matter of speaking. Wow. <laughs> and it, it, it finally um, got out there. And here it is. And I, um, I, I really believe I'm supposed to write another installation of the novel, maybe two more installations. So it'd be like a trilogy. And that will be a little more um exposure on church culture mm-hmm. because i know there's a lot of people that have been hurt by the church in the same way i have i haven't even touched the iceberg <laughs> you know of the pain that was there in that church and it was almost like every corner had a painful memory of mm. the sanctuary so needing to get away from that be healed and um be free you know, to, Mm -hmm. to be yourself, be who God created you to be and develop those other talents. And I didn't know I could write a novel and I fought so much fear over this novel. You'll be surprised because I, I believe everyone has a book in them. I really do. And uh, the fear for me was fear of success. (laughs) Mm. As much as fear of failure. I, I finally told my husband, I'm like, I'm literally afraid of success as much as I am a failure. And it was like a self-sabotage. It was a war. So I had to get past all of that, get the novel out and just say, you know, I've cast my bread on the waters and I'm going to see what happens because I don't want to be on my deathbed going, boy, that novel would have, it would have made it, it would have helped someone. And I never wrote it, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So, <laughs> 
I don't know if that answered your question. <laughs> that is that is so good. You know what? I, I got a million things coming okay. into my into my brain right now. There's so many different directions that I could take this conversation. So I'm like, oh mm. shoot, okay, where do we want to go first? So one thing that really stands out is you just you talked about being aware of the healing that you needed to experience that that needed to take place. So I yeah. guess I'm thinking about just as artists and as creatives, it's like we have a process for developing as a creative and mm -hmm. as an artist, but it's almost like the two are intertwined in terms of the healing that has to take place. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like we absolutely yeah. no one is exempt from needing to be healed from something because we all mm -hmm. are we're living human beings. So there are things that we experience every day that affect us in different ways, some causing yes. deep trauma, some causing maybe surface trauma. Mm -hmm. But it's like, yeah. you know, if we don't take the time <laughs> to heal through those things, it really does affect what we're able to produce as artists. Would you agree or disagree? Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's some artists, I could call names, but I won't, <laughs> where they're so broken, but they're still creating. And it, yeah. what they're doing is amazing. Mm -hmm. And you look at them like, boy, if they were healed, they could do so much more. Yeah. Um, but that healing journey makes you a healer. Mm -hmm. And that healing comes through your art. And it's worth just you know, saying, God, I, I hurt, I'm broken, and I need you to sit with me in this mess because I don't know what to do with it and I can't move forward. And, um, sorry. No worries. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> My munchkins. So uh, I'm thinking of a scene in my life, or I don't mean scene, but like this really happens. So this can, comes through my art you know, this, like this river of bliss. I, I sketch a lot of angels and they're very um, abstract. Mm -hmm. And there was a moment in my life where, you know, that moment when you're like, my parents could be wrong about this. And mm -hmm. I know I'm right and they're wrong, but I have to honor them. Yeah. That moment. Mm -hmm. And there was a moment when I was locked in the basement of the church mm -hmm. and I was told to pray until God spoke to me and I'm like I just told you he spoke to me <laughs> <laughs> I was yeah and I was like I I was told to read the King James uh -huh. Romans 12 I needed healing because I was abused through Romans 12 so I don't know hmm. if there's anyone out there that has been hurt um where someone abused the scripture hmm. I had to go through healing so I could read Romans 12 again that's crazy um and I didn't understand it. It was in the King James. It's like reading Shakespeare. <laughs> right, right. And uh, through the healing process, um, God showed me an angel that was standing over me. And out of that, I've sketched. I've just started sketching angels. And <laughs> and here I am. So <laughs> and you never stopped. Um, I never stopped. Yeah. And some of them have swords. Um, with fire coming out like blue fire some of them have chains and sometimes the chains are chains they broke off of me mm -hmm. or the chains are for whatever was attacking me and they're going to go get it and cast it back to darkness mm -hmm. um, and you can see the angels um, 
like carrying these little demons away, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so that's where my art comes out of. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that deep place of pain. But the healing process, it's hard. You Sometimes you have to just be still for 10 years and allow yourself to be, yeah. you know? And mm -hmm. um, for me, wanting a family so bad, and then realizing, especially with my second son, like, I need help. I, I need to be healed so I can be a good mom and a good wife and a good person in the community. Um, not that I'm a horrible person, but <clears throat> I need to get through some of this because I, you know, stuff was coming up as I was giving birth even. <laughs> yeah. And so I had to get to through that healing place. And then I found that there was much more creativity on the other side of that. Had nothing to do with bassoon. <laughs> <laughs> but somehow it's all going to come together, right? <laughs> and yeah, I mean, I, I believe I will probably, I will play again in a group when my boys are older. Um, I have that desire. So yeah, definitely. Or, you know, at least get my songs published. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. You know, it's interesting <laughs> because um, that particular thing may have not had anything to do specifically with bassoon, but bassoon was part of the process. So, it was, yeah. you know, like it yeah. was it was it was all used. It was. Yeah. It's and inspiring. You know, no, go ahead. You know, you. I just I just thought of another thing. I, I had asthma as a child mm -hmm. and it was so bad. Bassoon helped heal my asthma. It really did uh, because mm -hmm. I had to produce a lot of air. <laughs> yeah. It's like playing the tuba um, except a different mouthpiece. And so having to force yourself to breathe deeply and then control your breathing, eventually my asthma went away in my 20s. So that healing started uh, when I was 10. <laughs> That's wonderful. Yeah. And it just shows the uh, the alternative ways, you know, right. there's not just one way to be healed. <laughs> right. Or to receive there's, healing. There's, you know, there's right. so many different ways. It doesn't have to just come one way, mm -hmm. which is cool. Exactly. And just like the beautiful rainbow, your soul is multi-layered and those layers get get hurt sometimes. And they you need healing in every layer of your soul. And um, you have to want it to, you know, um, yeah, the God's love and mm -hmm. abundance. There's so much love and abundance, um, in his healing touch. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> yep. You have yeah. to want it. You know, the right. motivation may be different. Well, it's going to be different because everybody's going to have a different motivation, but right. I think when we, really get a hold of that thing that like I don't know it's like a real anchor for motivation it's not like something yeah. fleeting mm -hmm. then you will then we do pursue the healing you know to a point where we actually don't stop <laughs> until right. we start to like mm -hmm. receive or move in the healing yes hopefully yeah. we're not talking too cryptic right now but I think people I will get I think people will get it <laughs> I think so and especially with this last season you know like the last two years there's been an added layer where 
people, some people just couldn't take it, you know, mm -hmm. and others are wondering if it'll ever be over, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> and, but the healing is still there and just finding that extra strength to reach for it. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I think, you know, I've been hearing, um, some different things and i feel like there are there there are people that are still really struggling right now you know yeah. they're not they're not uh it doesn't seem like they're in a place of like there's light ahead or there's mm -hmm. hope you know um and i mean that's that's deep that's heavy because i know that i know that you've spoken a lot about god your relationship mm -hmm. with god the lord and I think there's also something to be said in terms of just the people that we have in our lives yes. that we also yeah. surround ourselves in mm -hmm. um, that help us to get or stay in a place of like feeling uplifted or feeling hopeful. Right. And it's like, you know, yeah. knowing who to reach out to when we're yeah. like, oh, shoot, I'm I'm feeling a little low on hope today. It's yes. feeling it's looking real dark in here. Right. <laughs> like, who can I call? Oh, exactly. I'm gonna go to that person because that person I know is yeah. always a light for me. It's like we have right. to have those people that we know who we can connect mm. with and reach out to. Right. And to stay grounded, you know, mm -hmm. um, it's just like there's a lot of information out there and it's a season of fog. It's like, what's going on? <laughs> what's the truth? And you need those people in your life to help you stay grounded. Um, I wrote a song called um, Six Feet Apart is Like Six Feet Under. Ooh. You know? And the human touch, you know, we mm -hmm. just, we've lost that, you know? It started with texting, I think, where instead of going to someone's house, you text them outside their door or something <laughs> or... <laughs> Mm -hmm. um you know and now with um not having to stay six feet apart from people you know that human touch um our our souls need that connection with each other mm -hmm. um and we're meant to do things in community we're mm -hmm. meant to do things together um to build beautiful things together not one at a time you over there i'm over here <laughs> you know yeah 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 Ah, I, you know, I'm sometimes guilty of the texting because <clears throat> I'm just guilty of it. I'm not going to give an excuse, but I do consciously, you know, try to make a, a more concerted effort of, right. you know, re calling people and not always texting. Yeah. Um, some people just only text you. I mean, let's just be real. Right. But <laughs> so I like that you brought that up because I'm just going to mm. continue to, you know, be like no i don't necessarily need to text that i can actually call them it's fine mm. <laughs> right yeah um go ahead yeah and um yeah just thinking about how everyone can be a, a conduit of healing um you don't have to be a painter or writer you know mm -hmm. it could be baking something or just um, making an effort to say something nice to everyone you meet. I mean, mm -hmm. a compliment can go so far. I know with me, <laughs> it might go to my head. But <laughs> ah! It was a compliment, you know, take take me for miles, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And just be nice. Yeah. Just be nice. Now, Ruth, mm -hmm. how long did it take you to write that novel? Because a novel already, <laughs> what is that, like 500 pages? 
<laughs> that's not a it's book. That's not a children's yeah. book, y'all. She wrote a novel, okay? It's a novel, yeah. It's just <laughs> over 300 pages, and it took me five and a half years oh, uh, to get it. See? Yeah. Look at just, that. Someone listening, it took her five and a half years. So if you've yeah. only been working for five days, I need you to calm down and <laughs> stick with it, okay? You're going to finish it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you know, most of that time, I was kind of tripping. <laughs> Were you? Just, um, you know, and if I had just stopped writing for everyone you think is going to read it and just write your story. Mm. You know, write your story. It's good advice. There's editors out there. You need to get it on paper first. The editors will help you, <laughs> yeah. you know, and um, yeah, I, I believe there's people out there with journals that need to go public because there's people that would be healed from reading about your experience. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've been journaling for 20 mm. years. I wonder if that was a word for me. But, <laughs> but, um, okay, so how long, oh, so five and a half years to write the novel, and then in yes. terms of like publishing it, getting it out there, how much longer did that take? So, what was the time frame for the entire completion of the novel project? Yeah, so, um, send it to I self publish, but I through Zulon and, um, it has an ISBN number. It's in the Library of Congress. It's all legit. Yeah, <laughs> and, um, that's exciting. Yeah. And the artwork on the front is not mine because my I can't draw a mean dragon. <laughs> my dragon <laughs> was like, hey, <laughs> <laughs> your dragon was chill he was and mean. healed and cool, <laughs> like he you. Was very chill. <laughs> so yeah, I had to get somebody to draw the angry red eyed dragon with the fire and the her. So. Um, and then um, had editors helping me out, making it pretty, making sure it's all lined up. And um, Zulon will help you with that whole process. Okay. Um, there are less lesser expensive ways to go about it. Mm -hmm. This was a very, very expensive way. Oh, really? Um, Zulon, but it, it's a beautiful product. You know, it's mm -hmm. worth the money. Um, but yeah, it was expensive. Um, and that was part of it was like, well, should I? And at one point, this is so funny because I think it was God. I, I said, well, I'm just going to get my money back. What I had paid in because I was paying. <laughs> and the guy was like, no, God told you to write it. And I was like, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's so going to give you he's back like, more than what you invested word. in it. Yes, I love that. Right. He started preaching to me. I was like, OK, <laughs> so um, I finished and yeah, they have editors. You can hire an editor at the end, or you can make sure you have one in your package. Mm -hmm. um, and they're great. I did hire someone outside of Zulon. She helped me. Mm -hmm. um, and then my husband read through as well. So, um, and uh, it's okay. If you find typos still, let me know. Because <laughs> you can do additions. You know, I can do a second edition or whatever. And revision. Fix it. Yeah. Revision. Yeah. So you just went to <laughs> Zulon.com and you were like, hey. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think there's Salem now, but yeah, Zulon. Salem. How do you spell it? Like S A L E M. S A L E M. Mm -hmm. All right, y'all. Be resourceful. Google it now. She's telling you what to do. Yeah. Okay. So you don't have no no excuses here. Right. Um. Shoot, I had another. Oh no, it wasn't a question. So you know, you're cool, chill. I'm heel dragon. You know, he's yeah. probably going to be in a future edition because this isn't he your only be. novel. Oh, so you know, he's he's upcoming. He you know yeah. later. <laughs> right 
yeah he's he's um not like puff the magic dragon but something <laughs> maybe i love a little that tougher song than puff. yeah that's a cute song <laughs> that was back in my days when i was a kid mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. thank you for taking me back ruth i'll be singing that probably for the rest of the night until right. i get to rehearsal and then those will play through my head mm-hmm. but um oh this is what i was gonna ask you okay so during the time when you were like kind of coming out or coming away from the abuse that you had been experiencing Mm -hmm. right it seems like that went on for a long time who helped you through that because your parents weren't readily available for that right i mean did the light come on for them in terms of seeing what was going on well my my grandma helped me a little bit my mom's mom okay i would talk to her a lot and she would cuss about the people I love my grandma. I miss her. So I moved uh, to Southern California in 2012, and then she passed in 2015. Mm. So I would call her and kind of cry, and then she would be like, beep, 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 church people. And I'm like, Grandma, you can't say that about sister. So and so. Right. (laughs) So she taught me how to kind of emote because how I was raised was, you know, you got to be one way all the time and quiet children can be seen and not heard kind of you know mm-hmm. um we didn't even have children's church um uh until later so uh yeah my grandma helped me a little bit and then i found some friends in southern california so because i'm a trained intercessor i sort of uh what's the word almost like a magnet i found my my tribe so okay of intercessors and they have this thing called inner healing prayer mm-hmm. so that's like prayer counseling so i receive healing through the house of prayer and through my new church okay <laughs> yeah so it was good <sighs> that is good you know because yeah. I, I i know some people personally that have experienced some things at the hand of organized church and religion yes. and yeah. you know <clears throat> it doesn't always work out where people still stay close to god in those situations sometimes they end up pulling away or you know what i mean because the church or the people end up being a direct reflection of god and it's like they can't get past that even though right they are not god like they're still human beings yeah i (laughs) totally understand that yeah 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 and i think it's important to develop your relationship not religion relationship with god on your own Mm -hmm. and don't be under an organized religion just talk to god like you're talking to anybody he's not delicate he can handle cussing he can handle your screaming and crying and He's not nervous, you know. <laughs> he already um, knows. He knows everything and he knows the hearts of everyone. Mm-hmm. And justice is coming. I mean, we see it. It's here. Mm-hmm. So um and being able to forgive myself as well was mm-hmm. another big uh component of my healing was stop blaming myself for so much that happened that was out of my control. Yeah, you know, and to just allow myself to be and my self care went up times Mm. 10, (laughs) Uh, taking better care of myself and just having a season where, okay, I need to take care of myself and be learn more about myself and learn more about 
what this body needs, what this girl needs, what my mind needs to be well, to mm -hmm. be healed, to be creative, to be a good mom or a good employee or whatever. Um, that's important. So, Amen. yeah. Very important. Very important. Mm -hmm. So what's, what's next for you? Um, do you have something else creatively that you are going to attempt to try that's new? Or are you just going to keep writing? I mean, what, what's, what's on deck or have you not thought about that yet? You're just being, doing the mom thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, there's so much. Well, I'm definitely wanting to improve my art skills, be, become a better sketch artist. Um, I have my website up and you can grab my art on Fine Art America, but you can go through my website, achristianmystic.com. And then um, I'm working on, when I say working, I mean, it's in my head. <laughs> hey, that is working. That's where I it writing. starts. Yeah, I write things in my head and then, um, and then it goes to my notes on my phone and then it goes to the computer. Yeah. That's kind of my process. Um, but I'm working on the part two of the novel where um, the characters will be a little more developed, deeper, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so there's the art and the writing. Um, okay. I'm very creative. I like to make jewelry. So looking at um, a, starting up a jewelry business and making jewelry. <laughs> I used to do it a lot. And I kind of, it was one of those things I dropped and now I need to get back into it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I was looking at law school. I know that sounds crazy. No, it doesn't. I thought about law <laughs> but, school back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> and um, of course, this whole thing hit in 2020. So I put it on hold for a while and I, I needed to just breathe um, mm -hmm. and navigate my way through the last two years yeah. and um i discovered my kids really need me right now they're they're so little so i'm gonna wait until they're bigger we do homeschool so um sometimes i'm like god you send me to all these schools to homeschool <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> so yeah they have very big vocabularies and we're proud of them <laughs> So. girl that is crucial okay you yeah. you're you're building a legacy and imparting yeah. into your children i mean wow whoa does it get much yeah. greater than that those are two beings that are gonna move mm. about and affect the environment and the people and the areas around them so i think that's pretty right. amazing thank you yeah i know it's hard a lot of parents had to all of a sudden homeschool <laughs> in the last season but just pace yourself and don't um, be so hard on yourself is my first advice. Don't be perfect. Just be sort of organized. <laughs> yeah. You know, and especially if your kids are like you know, second grade, first grade, kindergarten, two hours of school, five hours of convincing them to do school is kind of how it works. <laughs> so <laughs> that's kind of what it is. And sometimes it's 30 minutes of work and three hours of I'm not going to give you candy till you do your work. You know? Yeah. <laughs> but um, go take it easy on yourself and you can do school at night. You know, if your kid is tired in the morning, mm -hmm. start school later in the day, you know? Yeah. <laughs> take it easy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and what you're saying right now applies to really anybody like mm -hmm. kids or no kids, you know, it's like, yeah. don't try to be perfect. 
be organized, take it easy, you know, handle your responsibilities during the, you know, daytime if you have to, and then use the evening hours to do the other things that you want to do or need or other things that you need to do related to yourself. Right. And some um, employers may let you bring your child to work and they can work in the corner if you have an office. If you can do that, do it. Um, I loved going to work with my mom. When Mm -hmm. I was a kid, she was a teacher. So the kids would give me candy. That was the best part. (laughs) High school and they would give me candy. (laughs) And uh, that was my prize for being quiet. You know, (laughs) your prize for being quiet. (laughs) Okay, so we're going to be wrapping up soon. But as promised, because I know in the intro, I said that we would talk a little bit about um, your mom and, you know, and her passing and how that kind of shifted you into health. Yeah. Um, so why don't you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Um, my mom passed at age 51 and it was a shock, you know, Mm. Uh, she was so young and I could not wrap my mind around it. Why she had cancer. I thought liver cancer is something you get when you're drinking. So I, Mm. um, I had to sort of do this deep research and figure out what happened (laughs) I needed Mm -hmm. to know for myself and and then there might have been a little fear of oh what if I get it you know yeah Um, and it put a passion in me um, for women's health and just noticing women who are stressed and how stress can affect your health and um, and I just have a heart for for that and my mom at the end of the day, there was a lot of stress being a pastor's wife, you know, that yeah. you can't talk about. You don't even know who your friends are sometimes if they they want to be friends with you just to get the latest gossip or find out about somebody else going through something. And mm-hmm. um, prayer meetings can be that way sometimes, you know, just a gossip session. So it was hard. She wasn't sure. And that was a very hard thing for her. So she she would talk to me a little bit and of course my grandma. <laughs> um, so um, yeah, found out that it was pancreatic cancer and um, that spread to the liver. And so I did a lot of research and I came up with a theory and then I realized um, other doctors had come to the same conclusion hmm. and it uh, as to how it started in her body and mm-hmm. how it would probably do the same in my body. And so through that, I felt like, okay, these things, I need to do little tweaks with my lifestyle. So I started, um, for example, chicken, I would start buying organic chicken, as opposed to whatever's on sale, Mm -hmm. just spending the extra money, because um, I think there was an article in Ebony magazine years ago about how the hormones in the chicken affect the black woman's body in such a way (laughs) that you really don't want that in Mm -hmm. your body. So you need to be careful about just the smallest things, you know, like what brand of chicken you buy. And you do want the organic non-GMO combo in all your food, especially now. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And um, the other thing is fluoride um, in the water. So that's my new passion mm-hmm. <laughs> is making sure I drink water with no fluoride. The fluoride will sort of shut off your discernment. Um, and it's designed to do that. So, um, 
it'll make you it'll slow you down slow your thinking and it has a lot of bad things that it'll it'll do um hmm. so yeah and the the eerie thing about my mother's death is there were other women in the church who died at 51 and oh wow was I thought well I need to get away from here <laughs> you know it's like time to go so, yeah um so I don't know if it's just something that needs to be prayed off most things can be you know God can lift that off you know if mm -hmm. you want it he can just remove it so um to my knowledge um that has sort of stopped that mm -hmm. curse has been lifted or whatever it was mm -hmm. to my knowledge so yeah, yeah. So it's something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm I'm sure your mom was super proud of all of the things that yeah. you had done and accomplished. Yeah, she was a good mom and she drove me to so many rehearsals and <laughs> she was a I mean, a trooper, you know. Um, I was I I did become a bit of a diva, I think, because <laughs> I was like when I made it to the San Francisco Symphony Youth. Mm -hmm. um yeah <laughs> I, I think it went to my head a little bit you know and if you're in the bay you ride the bart train you know and so i would ride the bart and then walk from there from like civic center to davies hall um and then on the way back home she would pick me up at the fruitvale station if she wasn't there <laughs> back then it was pay phones so I was on the phone, like, where are you at? Like, uh, you're supposed to be here. <laughs> and um, she, yeah, she had a gentle way of teaching me and, you know, helping me through life to understand how life was, you know, supposed to be. She was kind of like the glue in our family, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. And uh, so when she died, it just fell apart. It, mm -hmm. you know, it felt like things really fell apart. Um, like I was in pieces, something had ripped from me. Mm -hmm. So I went through this um, season of deep pain and grief after mm -hmm. that. Um, so just uh, being able to get out of that was a miracle <laughs> that season. Um, so shortly after she passed, um, I started Cal State about, well, it was four years later, I started at Cal State. Um, and I felt like she would want me to continue, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so I did. <laughs> yeah. I mean, wow. I yeah. thank you so much for sharing that because sure. <clears throat> I know that's a very, that's probably very precious. And, mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I imagine that probably would still always be kind of like a soft, tender spot. <laughs> For you yeah. so thank you for sharing that sure. and and i know that i said we're going to be wrapping up and we are but i yeah. have <laughs> to ask um how how did you get through you know that deep grief and that deep pain that you talked about when your mother's passing i mean was like yeah. just how did you do it well going back to when i was locked in the church um i was 13 um and I knew God's voice at 13. I knew God's voice when I was five. And so I had to just talk to God mm -hmm. and he told me it's time to get off the couch. <laughs> um, I said, okay, I don't know how I'm going to do it, you know, but I, I got on the train and I went 
and talked to Rufus and he was like, Rufus. <laughs> I love Rufus. Yeah, I don't even know him, great. but I love him. <laughs> he's, he's a great guy, great therapist, mm-hmm. but you know what I mean? And um, yeah, he, he looked at me in a funny way. I'll never forget. He's like, why are you here? And it was so funny the way he said it. <laughs> and I was like, can I talk to you? <laughs> I literally went to the opera house in San Francisco and I walked in and they let me in. Aww. I told them I'm his student. And the guard was like, well, he's not here. Write him a note. I was writing the note and Rufus walked in behind me and he's like, why are you here? Do we have a lesson? Why are you here? <laughs> it's <was> funny. That's <laughs> uh, divine. And he's like, come with me. And underneath the opera house, there's um, plexiglass uh, practice rooms. So you can practice in the room and no one will hear you Mm -hmm. and he took me down into one of those and we talked and it changed my life Mm -hmm. and I had enough energy to apply to Cal State and um, he said there was a season between uh, so my mom passed when I was at the San Francisco Conservatory I don't think I put that in there no so I went from the bachelor's at the bible college and then i did a year at the conservatory of Mm -hmm. music my mom died in the middle of that i got hit by a car like everything went wrong wow (laughs) and i was like hobbling around and then um they were gonna play handel's messiah which is Mm. huge that's like the thing for christmas and i was um on a cane And I couldn't, I didn't have a car, so I I couldn't play. So I had to like surrender my part to this person I was in in competition with. (laughs) This other girl was like, you can, you can play because I can't. And it was just like so depressing. Then my mom died. And so there's all this stuff happening. And I just, after she died, I I quit the conservatory. I'm like, I need a break. Mm. And um, four years. And then I went to see Rufus that day. And he said, don't go back because he knew my personality and he knew that it would crush me to Mm. go back there. He's like, go to Cal state. It's cheaper Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you'll have all the same teachers. Mm -hmm. You'll have me, you know, (laughs) Yeah, because the way it works, you know, you can pick your teacher at Cal state. So I picked Rufus. (laughs) So um, that was the beginning of coming out of that dark night of the soul. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. (laughs) ah that's just that's good stuff good stuff (laughs) there's so much to your story i know we could just (laughs) continue to talk but people you know this is enough for them to take in okay we've been on it for like an hour (laughs) so i always tell people you know what i'm gonna have to have you back on i've yet to have somebody come back on but it's Mm -hmm. gonna happen okay this is this is not the Mm -hmm permanent end of our conversation this is the beginning of many yes yeah <laughs> so I feel young i mean i feel like life's just beginning that's another way to um approach life like mm-hmm. don't tell don't tell yourself that you're old yeah and that you're too old for no <laughs> i never use the word old never. i don't get old if anything, yeah. I get a little more seasoned, a little more spicy. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Age like fine wine, right? That's right. That's right. Um, okay. Well, one more time, let's tell people how they can find your book, how they can find you, mm-hmm. connect with you. Let's do that real quick before I, I bring us out. Sure. 
so my website is a christian mystic.com and my email is info at a christian mystic.com so and you can see on my website i have links to my book on amazon and it's on kindle and links to my art on fine art america so yeah beautiful <laughs> And you guys, that was Ruth Angela Patton, in case you forgot the name. Okay, remember it, bookmark it. <laughs> More to come from her. We are going to get ready to wrap up this episode, though. You have been listening to For the Artists, a podcast brought to you by Creative M Projects, um, which is a nonprofit organization helping young artists develop from the inside out. I would love to invite you to become more involved in what we're doing to help artists or shoot get some help yourself if you are an artist or a creative and you know what help is not a dirty word because we all need help and we all need assistance okay support and encouragement let me just say that so if you're interested in any of those things signing up to be a volunteer signing up to get services go to the website www dot creative m projects dot org all right y'all you already know what i'm going to tell you do what what i'm going to tell you to do and that is to keep creating from the inside out till next week y'all peace and love bye when was the last time you did something good i mean something really good with your money. <laughs> I want to invite you to do some good by making a tax deductible donation to Creative M Projects. We are helping artists to develop from the inside out and we could use your support and your donation. So you know what to do. Go to the website www.creativeandprojects.org and make a donation in any amount today. Keep creating y'all.